WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is Impact's one-hour discussion of news, events, and organizations within MSU's community. And now, this week's Exposure. Hello everybody, it's Stephanie, your host of Exposure. Today I get the opportunity to talk to some people here on the phone for an interview about Theater of War Productions. They're going to be presenting Prometheus in Prison. It's going to be a dramatic reading at the Wharton here on Wednesday. So first up, we have Brian Delores, and he is the founder and director of Theater of War Productions. But just a little background, Prometheus is someone, I guess more of like a god in Greek mythology, who stole fire from Zeus and gave it to the humans. And so as a punishment, Zeus decided to chain her to a rock for the rest of eternity. So we're going to see how they like to apply this old classic story to our lives today. And so that's basically the premise of what we're going to be talking about today. Up next, we get the opportunity to talk to Dominic DuPont, who, which Brian talked about, is going to be one of the other facilitators with Brian at this event at the Warren. So we're waiting on a call from Dominic, and should be here any minute. He's going to talk about the Prometheus in prison and his contribution to it. Hello? Hello. Hi. Well, thank you for taking some time to talk to me about your contribution to um, the Prometheus in prison here. Thank you. No, thank you for having us. Yeah. So do you mind talking about how your time in prison helped you become a community member and a part of the Prometheus in Prison project? So uh, I think the, you know, my prison experience and how that was helpful um, with the Prometheus in Prison project is that it gave me the ability to uh, really tap into some of the things that go on in prison and, 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 and really a, a lot of what goes on in prison and, and, in, and in that reading specifically, is, is, it, it correlates so much that, you know, it's just really hard to download sometimes. I mean, the, the components of control and, and, and fear that, and the challenges that I have specifically experienced in prison and, and how that transcends throughout the reading is just, it, it, it almost escapes language, but there's definitely a correlation. And coming from the perspective of someone who has skin in the game because of his experience in maximum security prisons, I, I think that it, it, just, it just really correlates. Well, I definitely do find it inspiring that you were able to talk about these sort of things and that you get to sh give perspective to us that do not understand that. Um, but with that, so you will get to talk about, um, just kind of jumpstart the discussion. So how do you get to go about doing that for Wednesday? So so how do we go about getting the conversation jumpstarted for Wednesday? Yeah. So I, th I think... Um, I, th I think the, the the best way to kind of get it jump started is is to speak about some of my experiences, and I think that 
of like you know get a head start of the conversation on Wednesday is is to um, speak from the perspective of how what happens in the play and what happens in the reading transcends amongst time and and how it rings true to a lot of what we experience today and understanding that this play was written you know over 2500 years ago in in the city of Athens in Greece and and just how some of those same challenges are present and relevant today just blows my mind i, I i'm really uh just struck um with this idea that um are we getting to a place where we're healing are we getting to a place where we're moving on or or is this thing just a cycle that continues to 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 circle from in prison into the community and and how do we take a look at that and and look at some of the real issues and change the narrative i think it's important to look at things as a way to grow so when we get to read or you know have various things that affect our lives that we get to grow and move on from them and i think absolutely. that's a wonderful no, absolutely i mean i think i think that that's really really important that we that we understand that what we experience is our reality at at that time and that and that we have to grow from it we have to learn from it we have to identify those situations and circumstances as teachable moments in our lives and still try to find some way to heal so yeah no i i i couldn't agree with you more so um how did you you talked about how you kind of related to this place specifically but how do you marry positive in those situations because like 20 years is a long time and it just blows my mind. Like, I feel like I would just, you know, break down all of the time. I don't know if I could handle it. So how did you remain positive yeah, so in that situation? I, I think the way that I remained positive was remaining hopeful. I think a huge part of my story um, centers around this concept that I won't be defined by my geographical location. My way of rebelling against the system was to not let it break me and to... Uh, understand that I could help people right from where I'm at and that and that that albeit that that would be very difficult right I'm in a the second biggest maximum correctional facility in all New York State where they house yeah. over 2,000 men who are, who are also serving life sentences a tremendous amount of those men and I start my sentence at the tender age of 19 and walk into this prison thinking to myself that I will not make it out of here but what I also understood was that I didn't have to be defined by that one worst moment in my life and that if I was going to make an impact, if I was going to affect people's lives in a very positive way, that I had to find ways to be actively involved in the arts and in positive programming. And for me, that was the catalyst. That was the opportunity for me to um, connect with my peers and help them change the way that they think so that their behavior can change and to be very candid with you, that right there is what gave me hope. Understanding that in the worst, the worst circumstances and situations that a person can have and have to deal with, they could change the way that they think that they can become better right where they're at. And for me, the concept of my prison experience was that prison wasn't going to make me bitter. It was going to make me better. Wow, that's... Truly amazing, because we do get to affect everyone's lives around us. You know, I think people take that very lightly, like they don't really think about it, but we affect every person we interact with in some way or another. 
whether it's just, you know, a small little thing. True. No, that's true. How we affect them, I think, yeah. is something that I gave great thought about. And how I handle those situations when I may be affected negatively is something that I also had to process, right? I mean, yeah. you know, the, the facts are the facts. You know, I was serving a life sentence in a maximum security prison. So not every situation was, you know, smooth and clean. It was, you know, there was things that I had to to deal with and look at from the perspective of, you know, being someone who was, you know, in prison. But the, the, the benefit for me was, you know, that I wanted to work really hard to affect more people positively despite any negative interactions that I may have had. And thankfully, throughout my sentence, I was able to find ways to connect with security staff and civilian staff, my peers, and I think the goal was that we all have this common denominator called humanity and that if I could try to understand a perspective of why a correction officer might be so upset or why some of my peers might be so upset, um, much like the anger and some of the fear and challenges that happens in the play, um, I, I, I think we all win if we, if we figure that out and, or work to figure it out. And and that was my experience. Yeah, I wish more people had that perspective, but that's I guess we'll slowly work on it through these discussions. Absolutely. I mean, this this is the forum. The theater of war for me is and and the work that we do across the country is is the place that we need to be to continue to connect with people in the community, like you said, so, so that we can we can help people realize that there is hope, no matter what the situation is. So how did you first get involved with the theater of war? Thank you. That's a really good question. So I am the nephew of Michael Kenneth Williams, known for some of his major roles like The Wire. His, his character mm-hmm. was Omar Little on The Wire and Chalky uh, White and Boardwalk Empire. And um, Michael has been very supportive throughout my uh, incarceration. He's used his platform to create a documentary called Raising the System, which I was featured in. And Theater of War uh, reached out to uh, Michael's management team to bring him in to do a reading at Rikers Island Correctional Facility for two specialized units. One was the Veterans Unit and one was the Mental Health Unit. And when I heard about this, I had just been home, I don't know, maybe six weeks, and I said to Michael when this came about, look, you know, I just spent 21 years in prison. I haven't been to Rikers Island in 20 of those years. I know that things have changed, but I'd like to go with you, and I'd like to speak about my experiences. And Theater of War was successful with getting me clearance to go on to Rikers Island. I ultimately uh, had an opportunity to speak to the men there and speak about my challenges. And I think Brian was really impressed with the... Um, my ability to connect with the men in a room and to be very gracious and be very humble to be in their space. And he said, you know, listen, Dominic, we do free performances. You know, would you like to come to some of the performances? And I ultimately, you know, took advantage of the opportunity to attend these performances and realized that what was happening in the room was amazing and I wanted to be part of it. And that ultimately grew into um, me doing a lot 
lot of work with grassroots community-based organizations through Michael and I's foundation called MKW, which stands for Making Kids Win, and grew into this opportunity for me to be a community liaison uh, person who would work with community-based organizations and law enforcement to bring our performances to them. And that I've been, you know, I just recently, I'm a recent new hire, but it's really been an honor and a privilege to work with Brian and the team to successfully engage, civilly engage our community in a way to provide these performances and, and create a safe space, particularly from someone, we do a lot of performances in underserved communities, in jails, prisons, homeless shelters, almost all of those groups of people have had some contact with law enforcement or criminal justice involvement. Brian ultimately said, Dominic, I think you would be a huge asset to the company if you would come on board. And I was happy to um, be able to do that. Yeah, I think you definitely add a beneficial part of this because people, like I said earlier, do not understand what it is like to be in your shoes. And most people wouldn't want to be. But I think you provide a specific perspective, which allows us to be more empathetic towards each other and see the humanity in everyone, which is so amazing. Thank you. <laughs> um, but you talked that you were just like, what, six weeks out before you went back and joined. Um, you started with the Prometheus in prison and the um, Theater of War production. What was it like going back? Because you had just gotten out. It probably was a weird transition being yeah, out you know, and then to I, go back. You know, I wasn't, even even to this day, so on February 22nd, I made 13 months out of prison uh, after spending some of my teens in prison, all of my 20s, all of my 30s, yeah. and starting on my 40s prior to receiving the unique privilege, something I identify as mercy, um, and getting clemency from Governor Cuomo, the governor of the state of New York. Yeah. And it was it was a huge privilege. I always knew that that I wanted to go back in and remind my peers that there was hope and that you don't have to feel hopeless. That every day is an opportunity to to do better in life, to do better for yourself, to to recognize that you can you can be an asset to your community and not a liability. So my intentions from day one prior to me receiving clemency was always to go back and to to extend that olive branch and to to be an example of someone who would continue to be a mentor and to motivate people so it was always you know um just in my mind to go back with regard to how it felt you know what it felt a little you know it was it was a little intense it was a little different you know i hadn't been to rikers island in 21 years, and when I had first went there as a teenager, it was, you know, it was pretty traumatic. A lot of, a lot of, you know, trauma. There was a lot of mm-hmm. things going on where, you know, people were, you know, being robbed and assaulted, and you know, and things. Think, you know, prison wasn't nice. You know, there wasn't cameras like that back then. And, you know, prison has totally evolved. But one of the things that um, I'm always happy to do is to go back. So now. Um, since that experience, I've been back to Rikers Island three times. I've been to six other prisons um, promoting um, theater of war and our documentary, Raised in the System. And I, 
it's interesting because I was telling the Commission of Corrections at an event that I went to last month that I've been to more prisons, sir, when I was in prison <laughs> since I've been out of prison. So now that I'm out, I've, I've, I've been to more prisons since I've been out than when I was in. When I was inside, I've only been to two prisons, three prisons. I'm out now. I've been to nine prisons in 13 months. And, uh, you know, so it's important for me to continue to, to to go back in, to speak to the men and women who are serving sentences, and just let them know that there's hope on their side. Yeah, so how would you encourage um, normal community members to help support what you guys are doing, but also be more empathetic towards people that have been incarcerated? Yeah, so I, I guess, you know, one, thank you. That's a great question. I think the first thing I would do to encourage people to, um, you know, support the work that we're doing is, is to, to be involved. You know, uh, Benjamin Franklin said, how you act speaks louder than how you speak. Get involved. Um, you know, come to the performances. You know, be willing to, you know, have a conversation about why people from marginalized communities make bad choices be willing to have a conversation about why poverty is not a crime. Be willing to have a conversation about why, you know, people who come from marginalized communities end up in places like this where they make bad decisions. It might have something to do with the fact that they are unemployed, they are uneducated, the education system, they don't have health care. Uh, some of them are having problems with housing, employment, um, that you, you add those few things and you put them in a pot and you mix them around and you'll start to see that that's a recipe for disaster. But what mm -hmm. I also think is important is that we try to figure out that why in the United States, the most civilized country on the planet, the, 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 the place of the, of the, of, you know, where everybody comes to accomplish their dreams and their hopes that we spend $80 billion dollars, eighty billion dollars on a prison system. Why do we spend three billion dollars in New York to house fifty four thousand people? I mean, I you know, I I'm just saying, I mean, listen, if I want people to be encouraged, but I also want them to know that we have to this this affects everybody and mm -hmm. if and if we're gonna be, you know, encouraged to get some things done then I think that we should try to take a look at spending less money in prison um, and spending more money on services, on, on, on helping people who are having problems, you know, maintaining their, you know, getting an income so that they can provide a place for their family, so that they can provide a meal for, their, for themselves and for their family. So I would encourage them to get involved, and I would encourage people to come to more performances and look at some of the real issues that fuel the school to prison pipeline. I'm, 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 if you, if we take a look at some of those issues, then I think that we can see that we, as civilians and voters, can require that we do better. And mm -hmm. I think, I think that's how we do it. I think we inform people, we invite them to more performances and we continue to push the envelope. So you talked about services. What type of services would you encourage? So I, I think I would talk about some of the basic services, like making sure that 
um, employment is there for people who graduate out of high school, that if they're having challenges from trauma because they live in a community where they have way too much access to firearms and they're seeing young people get killed or get assaulted or be involved in gangs, that we provide some counseling services for that, that we find things for young people to do, that we use arts as a platform to channel trauma. I think these are the type of things that we that we need to put in place. I think these are the type of things that we need to put in place so that we can ultimately um, solve some of the challenges that are happening in our community. Yeah, for sure. And what do you hope to get out of this performance here at Michigan State? So I think what we hope to do is to connect with the amazing young students at this school. We don't want to put a bow on this conversation. We want to continue it. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we continue to um, put the word out there at these universities and connect with um, the amazing people in Michigan that this continued, this conversation is really a conversation for communities all around the country. And if we can spearhead this conversation through this specific um, play then and reading, then I think that we are in a very good place. I think that we're making some steps in the right direction. And I think that there's so much, so much more that can be gathered from uh, seeing this performance and seeing how people channel their pain and their trauma. And, you know, I, I, I think that Michigan and the, and the people at, at the university would really get an opportunity to see that there's more that we can do. And, and, and I'm positive that um, as we continue this conversation, that people in Michigan will see that we can start to do what needs to be done right there. Yeah. Besides um, being able to talk to a variety of people, what has been the best part of working with the Theater of War production? Oh, my God. So, I mean, there, there's so many beautiful things that um, I'm just happy to be outside of talking to different people. I mean, you know, the, that this company is a small company. It's been around for a little bit over 10 years. And... It's just like family there, so so that's that's really huge for me. You know, I've lost family members while I was in prison, mm-hmm. my mother, my grandmother, and the the goal, the goal to just um, be able to connect with um, all of the people there for me is it's, it's just been really honoring. And uh, outside of that, you know, the, the there's the opportunity to travel and to meet different people and just to connect with people who have skin in the game and understand, you know, what the what the call to action is for me has been just really great. Yeah, well, thank you so much for talking to us. This was incredible to hear your perspective because you're doing such great work and it's well, <laughs> it's great. Um, no, thank you. Thank you. And I'm super, super excited to be able to have this conversation and to be able to see you guys um, uh, shortly. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to Wednesday, and hopefully that, you know, lots of students will come and we'll have a wonderful discussion while Absolutely. you guys are there. Absolutely. No, we, we're, really, we're really excited, and we're really looking forward to it. So, no, thank you. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on and keep going the good work. All right. Thank you. Yep, have a good day. All right, you too. Yep. Wow, so that was really interesting to hear from both Brian and Dominic about what they are doing through the Theater of War Productions, specifically the project Prometheus in Prison. It's amazing that they get to lead this discussion after watching some literature performed. So if you're interested, go to the War Inn on Wednesday, February 27. This is going to take place at 7.30 p.m., Get your tickets online through WhartonCenter.com. Other than that, I am so grateful for the opportunity to talk to these people, and I hope you guys have fun if you are going. Thanks. Thanks.